Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, Consciouspreneurs. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. I'm Monica Kay, and I am absolutely delighted and honored to have the one and only Bob Berg with us today. For over 30 years, Bob has been successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their referral business. Bob is an advocate of the free enterprise system as well as an unapologetic animal fanatic. I could not leave that out, Bob. So Bob, we are so grateful to have you today. I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, my pleasure and honor. Thank you for having me. Excellent, excellent. So I'm really, really curious. I love the Go-Giver series. And I'm curious, when the before you wrote the first one, can you share a little bit about the journey or what inspired you to, to get you to the point where you wrote the book? Well, starting many years ago, I, I got into sales after a, a fairly short and uneventful career as a broadcaster, both in radio and then then in television. But sales is really kind of where I, I found my niche. Um, I didn't start out that way. I had no sales, formal sales training experience. And so I floundered for the first oh, few months of my, my first job. Uh, fortunately, I had, I had gone into a a bookstore and found a couple of books on selling, which had surprised me. Now, again, this is 40 years ago. You know, nowadays right. we take it for granted that there are all sorts of sales books and so forth. Back then, that wasn't, you know, something you you, you knew about um, unless you knew, right? Right, right. And uh, so I had, I picked up two books. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by, by Zig Ziglar and, you know, two of the sales icons. And um, I just started studying it big time. I mean, I took their their books home, and every night after work, I would I would read and I would highlight and I'd underline and I'd take notes and I'd rehearse and practice. And uh, within a few weeks, my sales really began began to go through the roof. And right on. I, I realized that it there wasn't really a significant difference in me as a person in three weeks, you know. But um, I now had a methodology, mm. a system, if you will. And I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Love that, uh, Bob. Being predictability, right? If it's been proven yeah. that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A. And eventually you'll get the desired results of B. And, and so that was encouraging uh, to me. And I, from that point on, I began to make a real study of sales. But what I loved the most, I think, was the personal development aspect of it. Mm, so yes. I learned I you know, needed to get all these books, how to win friends and influence people and the magic of thinking big and, and, uh, think and grow rich and, the, and, you know, all the, the classics, right. Augmandino's right. books and all, it was, it was a blast. I mean, I was not a good student in school. My, my education started now. I mean, I was loving so, well, you, you know, found something that was really elevating you, right? That you found a great interest in, where you excelled. Yeah. Well, I, I realized that that it, that if I was going to become really proficient at sales, I needed to build myself. 
Mm. Uh, and I needed to build myself on the inside, right? And I think that's where success really begins for all of us. It begins oh, on true. the inside and then it manifests itself on the outside. So we really have to get those good materials. I just started reading books and listening to, back then it was cassette tapes. That's how long ago. Right. <laughs> to seminars and I'd be the guy buying all the tapes and all that, right? And, uh, and you know, eventually it, I it became something that was that was a, a big part of my life and then eventually going into the business of teaching sales and so forth and from there I had my first book endless referrals which was a how-to book for yes. building relationships and then about gosh 12 13 years ago John David Mann and I teamed up to write the go-giver a business fable and yes, that's really and how it came about so this is a great introduction into my next question, because you said personal development, which I love. So the community of the consciouspreneurs, the, uh, the ideal definition is someone who wants to have an impact on the world while making a profit, yet they know that personal development is key to yeah. that. So from that perspective and that lens, what would you like our readers to know? Well, first... You know, I, I think sometimes people have this idea that you either do good in the world or you make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I guess one of my messages is the way to make a lot of money is to do good in the world, oh. you know, provide value to others. Now, this holds true for what we call a free market-based economy, and that is simply meaning no one's forced to do business with you. Right. People do it on their own volition. And I often say when I speak at sales conferences that you know nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right? They're not going to buy from you right? because you need the money or even because you're a nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And this is great news um, for that person who genuinely wants to add value to the life of another human being, help people solve their problems, discover what they want, what they need, what they desire. That's conscious. Right. You're Absolutely. thinking about them. You're 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 taking your focus off yourself, not in a self-sacrificial way by any means, but right. in a way that you're going to build everyone. But it comes down to focusing on what they are going to find of value. And when you help them to accomplish that, well, now you've made a difference in their world, a difference in the world, and you've certainly made a difference in your world as well. I love that. And it goes back to, and I think it's in the book where it says it's about giving, not getting, not what can I get from it's, them? It's what can the focus. I give? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I love how you said that. It's that it's, you know, it's shifting your focus. And this is really where it begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And I think I've heard you say it's in line with human nature. Well, it is in, in a couple of different ways. One, in terms of the customer themselves, as, as Dale Carnegie taught us in his classic, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Mm. So when you can show them where 
buying from you or doing business from you or whatever is in their best interest. In other words, their reason, well, they're much more likely to do business with you, but there's something else too. And that is as human beings, it is human nature to want to make life better, Mm. to want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to make a yes. difference in the world, to, as, as John David Mann and I say in, the, in our, our, the latest book, The Go-Giver Influencer, to nudge the world forward. Now, as entrepreneurs, we tend to do that through our product or service, right? And of course, right. that doesn't mean we can't be involved in other things, but I'm just saying that, you know, by and large, our business is an expression of our highest values, Okay, so we want to. So it's not as though, you know, it's, oh, well, I really don't want to help that other person. I just, I don't know of any entrepreneur. And I'm sure there are some, but I don't know of any that have gone into business simply because it was all about the money. Okay. Right. Now, don't get no, me wrong. Right? I'm a free market capitalist. <laughs> I believe in earning a lot of money. And that's fine. But that money is a result. Of yeah. the value you've provided to someone else. And it it's rare that you can make a lot of money when money is your only focus. It just yes. doesn't work that way. It works so much better when you really want to make a difference, to be of value in someone's life. This is why John, David, Mann, and I say that money is an echo of value. Right, yeah. Right? Money is an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning. That's beautiful. And you said something, I wrote it down. You said it's an expression of their of values. Our, yeah, an expression of, of our highest values. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that because it's so powerful. I personally believe that we live a fulfilled life if we're aligning, if we're living in alignment with our values yeah. and what well, we you believe know, in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A, a great friend of mine, Lisa Earl McLeod, um, wrote a, a, well, she's written a number of wonderful books, but but two of them were Leading with Noble Purpose and Selling with Noble Purpose. Ooh. And they're just beautiful books. Re- repeat her name again, Lisa McLeod. Uh, uh, Lisa Earl McLeod. Yeah, she, she's fantastic. And um, she tells a story uh, in her book uh, about a, she, she was brought into a company as she often is to, to work with their sales team. This was a, a big pharmaceutical company. And, and one of the things she was, she was trying to do was discover, determine what made their top producers, the top producers, what was their, what was the determining factor? And she talked to a woman who I, I as I recall, and it's been a while since I read the book, but I think she was second in the entire company. I mean, she was mm-hmm. a, huge mega producer. And she said, what is it? You know, how did you, and the the person explained, she told Lisa that she used to feel she was just in the business of selling pharmaceuticals. And then one day she was in a doctor's office talking to the receptionist to, to you know, to, to say who she was and why she was there and uh, who she was with. And the, the receptionist had her take a seat, you know, to wait until the doctor could see her. Well, uh, uh, a fairly fairly elderly woman walked over to her, approach her. She said, um, "Did I hear you're with the you know so and so company?" And she said, uh, "Yes, I am." She goes, "Aren't you the makers of?" And she uh, named a certain product. And and she said, well, "Yes, that that is ours." And the woman said, "I have just got to thank you. You have given me my life back." I was in so much discomfort and I I was no good to anybody. I I couldn't 
play with my grandkids. I, I could, you know, and then she went through a whole litany. And then she said, since taking this, this medication, I'm now, I'm down there with my grandkids and we're playing together. And, oh, it is just the joy of my life. You know, and again, you've given me my life. But well, she, so the pharmaceutical rep said to Lisa, she says, you know, Lisa, I no longer feel I'm in the business of selling pharmaceuticals. I'm now in the business of giving people their lives. Lives back. I knew you were going to say that. That's fabulous. How powerful is that? Exactly. And that's that's sales. That's entrepreneurship. Now, by the way, and Lisa gives great examples in her book, it doesn't have to be something that happens directly like that. It could be the company that makes the lug nuts that holds something to that holds a train part together that keeps the, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But, but finding your noble purpose, as she puts it, okay, uh, living congruently with your values, how you want to make a difference, this, that's consciousness. You're, we're thinking, we're, we have a reason, we have a purpose. Yes. And I think that when you realize that, you start showing up differently because your energy ah, shifts. Exactly. That transfers to that other yeah. person. They know it. They know they're doing business with someone who has a has a purpose, who has a reason for what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fabulous. Wow. Good stuff, Bob. Um, I think the next thing I'd like to dive into is I know that the book doesn't necessarily address healthy boundaries, but I know you've spoken about it before, Absolutely. right? Because there's a big difference between giving and the ability to say no. Can you dive into that a little bit for me? Well, you know, one of the questions people ask with a title like the go-giver is, well, does that mean you're going to be taken advantage of? And does that mean, and first of all, anybody can be taken advantage of. It just has nothing to do with being a go-giver. Um, right, you know, right. I, I, uh, there, in fact, there, I'll just say there's, there's absolutely nothing congruent with being a go-giver and being self-sacrificial or a doormat or doormat. a martyr. Okay. If, um, if someone is finds themselves in a pattern of being taken advantage of, um, it's not because they're nice or because they're a giver, or it's because they're doing things in a certain way that creates the environment for them to be taken advantage of. And you know, I, I often say to people, if that's you, then first, congratulations for noticing it, for being aware of it. For Awareness, being, right, is key because I can't change what they're not aware of. Cannot, you're right. Cannot improve upon a yeah. situation you're not aware of exists. So, absolutely, uh, okay. But then it's it's realizing, you know, it's okay. What is what is my payoff, right? In a sense, for allowing this to happen. Uh, do I, is there a payoff from being, a, and I'm not saying there is, but, but just for, to, to consider, am I finding some sort of payoff being a victim? Does this give me an excuse for not achieving what I want? Does it get me sort of, uh, attention, you know, negative attention does it, and there could be other reasons, but I'm just saying what we need to do is determine why in every one of these situations where we're taken advantage of, we're always one of the parties. So that's important. Now, as far as boundaries go, and we can look at this in two ways, it's it's the one where someone's trying to uh, get you to do something in business that you really shouldn't be doing. It's not part of what you're supposed to. It's not a matter of giving extra value. It's a matter of being taken advantage of, being able to set your, being able to, to, uh, in a, a kind, polite, tactful way, still let this person know that that's not something that you would be willing to do if you'd like to revisit our agreement and see what we could, that, you know, and that, that's uh, fine. Uh, there's also when you're asked to do something 
that you just don't want to do. Um, uh, it could be something like serving on a committee or something. It's being able to say no in a way that honors the other person. And we never want to to do so in a way that hurts another person's feelings or makes a per- or makes a person angry or you know burns bridges, right. but doing it in a kind, tactful, diplomatic way that honors that person, uh, and at the same time communicates that this is not something that I choose to take on. Yeah, and that circles back around to integrity, right? I had once heard in a personal development class, how many times have you said yes when you meant no? And that's a really powerful statement, being Mm -hmm. a a man or woman of integrity and and speaking your truth with love and grace, because I really believe that anything can be said with love and grace. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And I also like what you said about what's the payoff. So if someone really wants to grow personally and, and they are first, like you said, number one, aware that they're being stepped on, right? What is the payoff? that they are getting? Because that's a hard question to ask and a hard question to answer, right? If you're being vulnerable and honest with yourself, but that's where the growth is. If you're honest with yourself and answering that question, what's the payoff for this behavior that I'm displaying? There's leaps and bounds of growth in that. Absolutely. That's where real true growth can occur. Yeah, that's good stuff. That is really good stuff. Um, So I know one of the laws can be a difficult one for many of us. And I think it's been quoted as the toughest nut to crack. And that's the law of receptivity, Mm. Uh, being a good receiver. Sure. Um, Why do you think people struggle with that? Well, it, it, you know, when you think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense based on the messages we receive from the world around us in the first place. Um, Mm. So the, the, the law number five, it's the final law in the, in the story, in the original book, uh, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This really means nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out, uh, but you also have to breathe in, right? It's not, right. One or, right? it's not one or the other. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out, which is yeah. giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. However, that's not the message the world gives us. Right. There is such an anti-prosperity bias out there. It is absolutely mind-boggling. And, and often it's a common, you know, it's, it, it, it's always our belief system that, that rules us, that drives us. Uh, our belief system is a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, social media, you know, uh, just every every experience that we've ever had, but it tends to be formed pretty early on, and uh, and after that, and, and it's always things that we didn't have anything to do with with taking in. Right? We we weren't yeah. old enough to question yep. premises and saying, "Well, hmm, where was that learned?" Or where you know, right? And so so we grow up and we live our life sort of ruled by. Um, an unconscious operating system. We yes. don't even know we have it, okay? And so if we grew up or, or got these messages in school or from society or whatever that says, you know, money is an evil thing and people with money got there on the backs of others or they took advantage of others or they're dishonest or this and that, you know. Well, and that is the messages we we receive a lot. We also, you know, my friend Randy Gage, who's a, one of the top prosperity 
authorities today you know he talks about in every pretty much every movie the characters are are tend to be one of two two major types there are the the good people who are usually portrayed as poor struggling and but they're happy right and they're honest and they're right uh but they're always being put down pushed around stepped on stepped over taken advantage of by who the rich people who are always mean and nasty and cowardly and right and so you grow up with these and and here and by the way that's not just you know a movie that's practically every movie and it's it's tv yeah. and it's everything else so what happens is these messages get into the unconscious Okay, they they get into that deep part, which really rules everything. And so consciously, you might be thinking, oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to make a lot of money. But you're creating great value in the world for many people. And the money starts to come. But these unconscious messages are causing resistance. Well, but if I have a lot of money, are people going to think less of me? Does it mean I'm really not honest? Am I a bad yes. person, right? And again, it, it's very insidious because it, it's just, we don't even know it. Uh, so, so I believe we have to be very, very aware of this. And we've got to start checking premises, questioning yes. things. When you hear someone say that uh, millionaires are bad, you know, well, why? Why is that? Let's assume this person made their money by providing value to the marketplace that people willingly bought, okay, uh, because they felt it would improve their lives. And so they served a lot of people and they made millions of dollars. They employ a lot of people. All those people are spending their money that helps other people be employed. Why is it, why are millionaires bad? Why should we not have them, right? Which is what you know people is. So uh, we we have to we have to question our our prosperity premises. So I, I really think it's a good idea to make a study. You know, we we cover it a little bit in that chapter, but we don't go into detail like some of the people do. Yeah, the, yeah. the Randy Gages and the Ellen Rogans and the Sharon Lecters and the David Nagels and the late Bob Proctor, who we just lost. You know, Ken Honda and and others. Um, you know, uh, these people really, they, they do blogs and they write books on it. And they, um, a great book I just read, uh, uh, the good money revolution by Derek Kinney did a wonderful mm. job of talking about how, you know, when you can match your money with your values, now you're really in a position to do a lot of great in the world, you know? So, absolutely, yeah. So, so I, it's, it's really a matter of reframing how we think of prosperity and abundance and money yep. and business. Yeah. You're hitting it on the nail head, Bob. It's, it's so your words speak to me um, and all the conscious because really the only thing standing in between them and where they want to be are these six inches. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't that always the way it, it, it is. Right. Yeah, it is. And whether it's our parents saying money doesn't grow on trees or it, it, these things that we pick up, the filters mm-hmm. through which we see the world are, I don't think people planted them intentionally to no, hold us back, no. right? We just pick them up. The best meaning parents, teachers can plant those seeds and then we stick it in as a filter and it sits yeah. there until it rears its ugly head. Exactly. Um, and either you deal with it and reframe it and, and mm-hmm. work on those things. And that's what personal growth and development is all about, mm-hmm. right? Self-awareness. I love that. Oh, so fabulous, fabulous. Um, so here's something, and I should have asked this earlier, but it, I didn't. So I'm going to ask it now. Was there one piece of advice that you received 
before you even knew anything about what get what being a go-giver entailed that was a difference maker for you? Well, you know, I remember a couple of years after I'd been in sales. And again, I, after the, you know, after I, I started to, to learn it and, and do well, it was a lot of fun for me. But a couple of years into it, I went to a, another company and I was selling a, you know, a high ticket item. It was a good product. I was proud to represent it, but I was in a slump and I was having trouble getting out of that slump and being with a new company. I really wanted to, you know, impress the boss. And, you know, right. I mean, I wanted to write and the harder I tried to get out of it, the more I made a very young salesperson's mistake. And that is I focused on myself, mm. not focused on those I needed to serve. Right. The, the prospective customers. And I remember coming back to the office one day and one of the gentlemen there, he was, he was an older guy. He didn't say much, but one of these, these people who, whenever he did say something, it was always quite profound. And I think he saw me sort of as Joe, uh, who, you know, I would later write about with John David Mann in, in The Go-Giver, that Joe, that up and coming entrepreneur, you know, up and coming salesperson who was ambitious and aggressive and really after it, and but very, very frustrated. Oh, this was me, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he saw that in me and I, but I, I think he saw some good in me too. And and he he said to me, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, please do. I, I really need it. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It mm. isn't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And that's when I think it really hit me that great salesmanship was never about the salesperson. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not even about the product or the service, as important as those are. I think it's really, it's about the other person. It's about the value you're looking to provide another human being. It's, it's really, I think when it comes right down to it, it's about another person's life being better just because you are part of it. Mm. And I think that when we approach selling from that foundational premise, I think then we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. Amen, Bob. Jeez, what a perfect way to close out our reading today. That That is really incredible. And I know you've got a favorite question that I want to ask you. You've got all kinds of opportunities for people to connect with you, whether it's the Go-Giver Community Network, the Entrepreneurs Academy, the online videos, becoming a speaker. So, Bob, how will I know if I'm speaking to someone and they are someone that you want to know or should be connecting to you through <laughs> one of these ways? Well, I think someone who's a consciouspreneur and really has a desire to give value to others while at the same time being open to receive, I think mm. that's a great uh, person we might be able to work with and have as part of our community. Excellent, Bob. Well, I can't thank you enough um, for your generosity, your time, your knowledge of sharing it um, with our readers and our community. Um, so much gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast, we're a community. So before you go, 
we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.